Birthing Babes podcast. Uh, today I will be talking to Catherine from Jack and Co Design, who also co-owns a shop called Catherine and the Bear in Northcote, I guess, with yes. Scott Northcote in Melbourne. Um, so, okay, so tell us who you are. I've already kind of did. <laughs> How about yeah. um, tell us what you do? Well, I... Officially, I'm an interior designer mm. and I make and design homewares products with my mum, who's part of Jack & Co Design. Yep. So together we collaborate and make a range of homewares. Yeah. Um, we've been doing that since 2013, but originally we started making kids' products. Okay. So when we first, it was a bit of an accident, really, we started making kids' Um, baby mobiles and pictures and things yeah. for kids rooms yeah. and doing the whole market scene and did that for quite a while mm-hmm. but um, it was never what we initially set out to do yeah. we always wanted to do cushions and throws mm-hmm. but we kind of had this thought well this will fund that, that next step yeah. so if we because that was selling so if we could do this for a little while, that will fund all the fabric and things that we need for the next step. Yeah. But it kind of didn't work out like yeah. that. We kind of got stuck in that for um, quite a few years. Because it was going well? It was going well. It was never going like amazing, mm. but it was going well enough to just tick over mm. while I was at home with mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, um, you've got three kids. Yes. Um, Jake, who's 19. Yep. Josh, who's six, six, and Archie, who's four. Yeah. When you started, so that was six years ago. That was Josh was fresh. Yeah, I started when I went on maternity leave with Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So before that, I was working in an architectural office. Mm-hmm. And what's the what background does your mum have in terms of work? Because you're an interior designer. You yeah, said. she's got all the skills, but she's not like technically yeah. an interior decorator or designer mm-hmm. but she definitely has a creative flair yeah and she's done many things over the years but mostly within a retail sense yeah so um we just we'd always wanted to do that cushion and throw idea and we yeah. both worked in homewares retail yeah so that was kind of where we were heading to but we got caught up doing other things she's very creative and she can mm-hmm. do anything from like furniture making to painting and yeah yeah, she's she can do a lot of things yeah so um I think she just lacks a bit of confidence and Mm -hmm. whereas I have a different view on things of I just get out there and do it yeah so the two of us together can work quite well Mm -hmm. but we tend to work separately as well yeah yeah Yeah, so that we're not in each other's faces yeah (laughs) Yeah. and very impulsive whereas Dan's very organized yeah um and I'm exactly I'm exactly the same. Like yeah. I love him, but at the same time we need to w- not really work together. Yes. But like you know, in separate rooms or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. Well, opposites attract. Like yeah. you know, like um, opposite attracts. Is that the word? Um, and yeah, you guys kind of just balance each other. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with your do you paint yes. the things and yeah. so does your mum? No. So mum, at the moment, with what with our current collection and what we're doing, mm. she does the sewing oh. and she has painted for a couple of cushions, mm-hmm. but not on a 
bigger scale. So like I would paint for a collection. Yeah. And so a couple of those pieces will be a painting of hers. Okay. And then, um, but usually how our cushions come about now is that they're a smaller section of a larger painting that I've done. Right. So it starts out with the painting and then works down into the cushions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But because I've got a background in interiors as well, mm. I go and select other fabrics and things that will complement the patterns that we're yep. doing. So different textures and colors and mm. to create a, more of a, um, a color palette that will work in any home because we've got lots of different yeah. options yeah but they all kind of um work come together, together. Yeah. yeah 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 and i like those um those types of cushions where you have a print on one side and um like a solid color on the other yeah because then you can just switch around yeah and make it work with your house if you want to yeah um and we make our own trims and things as well just to um make sure that everything comes together right it's kind of a little signature thing yeah. i think to be i didn't know that. that you guys actually sew your own yeah that's that's nice to yeah. know um do well you... mum yes <laughs> um, i'm way too slow yeah yeah i've yeah. tried um even when we used to hand sew um the baby products mm. i was like she could do six in the time that I could do one. Yeah. So we, we quickly learned that, you it's know, best for her to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the same time, she's not tied to that. Like mm-hmm. she's free to do, of course. you know, yeah. whatever she likes. Yeah. Do you tell your customers that, that they're actually handmade? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. I don't, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I think people appreciate it more. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, um, I guess, a lot of people are a bit thingy with money. Yeah. I mean, if they they want to spend, I don't know how much your cushions are, a, a certain amount of money on something, and um, when they know that actually there's more to it than just a cushion, yeah, they'll definitely appreciate it even more. Yeah. I think that's what's helped with having the shop and also being at the markets is that I can give that information to the customer yeah. because I'm there. Whereas if, if it's stock that I've given to like if I've wholesaled it to a shop, then they mm. don't necessarily get that information. Yeah, or but even online. Yeah, you can write as much as you want on yeah. a product listing, but no one will read them. No. <laughs> um, and I try to include so many things, um, but not too much information on yeah. my website. But I still get emails. Hey, what's the burn time on this? And it, I'm like, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do like meeting you know customers at the at the market as well yeah um and it's really nice when someone come up to me and go hey i've been following you on instagram um it's really nice to see this in person and i'm like well it's really nice to see you yeah like i don't know who you are but it's lovely to see that support in real life yeah yeah i've been finding that at the shop lately Mm. there's been lots of people that come in and say i've been meaning to come in since you opened and i've been following you and it's it's really nice because that's kind of why we did it as well so it's nice that it's it's working yeah yeah sure um so that's your work and your mum's work yeah uh let's talk about your kids yep we'll start with jake i guess Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I got pregnant very young. Uh-huh. So I was 18 when I got pregnant with Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, that definitely changed my life in a big way. Yeah. But 
there was no doubt that I was going to have him. Mm. But it was very difficult in the sense that, because I've tried to sort of think back at all the things that happened around that time. Mm. But because I was so young, there were so many things that I had no idea about with having babies and even the birthing process that I kind of went into it slightly blindly because people, um, not everyone, but like there were not many people would talk to me about what was going to happen because it was kind of like pushed to the side, you know, because I was so young and it was almost like not shameful, but it wasn't talked about. Do you feel like it was, it made you feel like, oh, well, no one's talking about it as if, if, I feel like I wasn't prepared, yeah. like in in the way that you are as a if you were in your twenties or thirties, and everyone gives you advice, and um, not just the medical practitioners that you see and the midwives and things, but the general public and people that you know, mm. and that didn't happen like mm. when when I was pregnant. Mm. So I kind of there was a lot of things that happened yeah. that I had no idea about. Yeah. <laughs> And it wouldn't have made you feel good either. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because lots of people were either talking about me, like, you know, behind my back or, um, yeah, it was a, I learned a lot from that experience and I grew up very quickly Mm. compared to what all the other 18 year olds were up to at the Mm. time. I can't even remember what I was doing when I was 18. Yeah. And it did kind of single me out from my friendship groups and things. But that was a decision that I made. Like by choosing to have him, that was, you know, that was the path that I chose. But there was no doubt about that. Mm. But um, the majority of the pregnancy was quite easy because I was so young. Mm -hmm. So that like a lot of the problems that I had in later pregnancies, I didn't have in that one. Yeah. And even doctors had said to me, that when you're this young it's quite it's a lot easier mm. to have a baby because your body is doesn't have any of the issues that you can have right. later on yeah so I kind of expected it to be quite you know not easy but like no dramas yeah. but I did have um at before I got pregnant I had had glandular fever and chronic fatigue yeah so when I was pregnant the chronic fatigue was quite bad yeah so that was something that I had to work through throughout that pregnancy but another thing that I had no idea about back then was um like weight gain and stretch marks and things like that no one really talked to me about those things yeah so I didn't do any preparation Mm. for for those things so I ended up with a lot of stretch marks after the six month period because that's when your body kind of just like blows out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy yeah. how um you you just feel and look bloated for the first well from from us i guess yeah first five six months yeah and suddenly it's like yeah here you go i know <laughs> here's the bump you've been looking yeah for. and because i was so tired from the chronic fatigue and i was sleeping a lot mm. i was gaining so i gained 30 kilos in mm. that pregnancy which mm. was quite a lot i was very skinny back then Mm -hmm. so that was quite a lot um to gain during Mm -hmm. the pregnancy so that was something that I wish like looking back on I wish I had known more about Mm -hmm. as well but that was the only sorts of issues I had throughout the pregnancy everything else was pretty straightforward um 
morning sickness up till about the five month mark though wow. yeah with all three i had that oh. yeah so that was um but once i got past that stage you know that disappeared mm-hmm. yeah so it was, it was a pretty um not too bad pregnancy that one mm-hmm. but he did go overdue mm-hmm. so he was like considerably overdue yeah <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted him out. <laughs> I, I think um, he was like ten to fourteen days overdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the the line. I think they don't let you go over no. two weeks. Yeah, I was yeah. induced. Yeah. So was he a big baby? Yes. Yeah, all of mine were big. They were mm. all four kilos or just over. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was big. Yeah. Um, I for that birth, I went to Box Hill Hospital. Yeah. But I did oh actually I just forgot something. <laughs> I did go into labor at 7 months. Did you? Yes. Yeah. What happened? Um, so I don't remember what brought it on, mm. but I started to have like the early stages of labor. Yeah. So I went to hospital yeah. and um because I was so young and it was still so early in the pregnancy, they stopped the labor like they gave me oh. um i can't remember what it was yeah. but i was really sick as well um this is pr- probably so pethidine they were giving me at the time because of all the pain and yeah. it made me really sick like yeah. a really pain like, really um like nauseous yeah, yeah i was vomiting and yeah. yeah it was awful so i spent a week in hospital mm. at that time and then after that every, like everything went back to being fine there was no signs of any labor coming back on after Mm -hmm. that so when he went overdue I was really busting to get him out (laughs) but at the same time I was kind of scared because I because I'd had that pethidine issue because that was what they gave you for pain relief back then Mm. and I didn't want to have that so um when and I didn't really have a birth plan Mm. for when I was having him did you do did you go to classes I didn't go to classes but I just had like the usual checkups but I was part of um so they have like a a teen pregnancy um section Mm. at the hospital so I was a part of that yeah 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 how did you find that um was it like a like a mentoring group because I've um wasn't like a group it was more it was like I guess so you were seeing people that were more equipped to oh. younger. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, it was so long ago. I don't remember the details. Yeah, yeah. But because also with public hospitals, you see someone different every, every time. time you go. Yeah. And so, you wait for ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's no consistency and yeah. yeah. But also like trying to remember 20, it's almost 20 years ago now. <laughs> feels like forever. Yeah. It feels weird to sit here talking about it yeah. when... Um, you know now that I've had three but yeah so when so I was induced Mm. at the I was overdue with him and induced but I didn't want to have any pethidine Mm. and I so I ended up having no painkillers whatsoever because they tried to give me gas and I just couldn't um, I couldn't take it like it was just making me feel sick so I ended up with nothing Mm. but it was a pretty quick birth considering that I was induced mm-hmm. like it pretty much I went in at 7 30 in the morning they broke my water 
and then it was just it was on yeah, <laughs> yeah he so was ready he was ready by um by lunchtime it was like 12 o'clock he was out wow yeah yeah it was really quick but really traumatic like oh. just not knowing so many things like being so young and so I had mum there and mum was helping me through it but it was yeah really um extreme going through that at such a young age yeah yeah I can imagine yeah um well I can imagine the birth but Mm. not you know (laughs) (laughs) well he was such a big baby as well so when I was actually pushing him out they um at some point during the birth as well, the doctor or the midwife, someone had asked me, do you mind if we bring in some students? Oh, did you say yes? <laughs> and I let them because I just didn't, I didn't know, you know, what I was in for. You know? people in Yes, <laughs> there was, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know, to be honest, I can't remember how many of them there were, but there was quite a few. Yeah, you'd think and, that maybe two or three. Oh yeah, no, but it was more than that. It was a whole group, it's like a field trip. Yeah, it would have been like at least six to eight people. Mm. <laughs> And the doctor who came in, so they called in the doctor, and I can't remember what for, but she didn't know who the students were. And then she assumed that there was like one guy in there that was closer to the bed than the others. <laughs> and she thought that he was my partner. Yeah. So she offered him to cut the cord <laughs> after my son was born. And mum and I were like, no. <laughs> we don't well, know this person. Yeah, I'm glad you guys were aware enough to say oh no. yeah because it was really bizarre we, we were just like no he's with you like he's not he's not with us that's so funny <laughs> I know and I had a um and before just before that I'd had an episiotomy yeah. as well yeah. which was like the whole birth obviously really painful but that episiotomy was like next level because you you could feel it obviously or because you're, they you're didn't give ha- me any they didn't give me any local anesthetic for that either they they basically just said he's coming now he's too big we have to cut you mm-hmm. and before I could even say anything they just they, they just, just did it. it yeah and it was the most excruciating pain but then he was out so you know and I had lots of tearing as well, but the episiotomy was definitely the worst part of the birth. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it, was, it was really awful. Like, that was one of the things that I've remembered from, you know, for all that time. Oh, my gosh. And especially being so young and not even knowing about things like that, mm. you know. Mm. And the, to think that they do that without giving you any pain relief in that area. And I get, I understand why they do it. Because the baby's coming. Yeah. And, and you'll tear if they don't. But if, I don't know, I feel like I felt really not not taken advantage of, but I just feel like they didn't pre-warn me about any of these things. And you didn't consent for it either. Is well, there was no time. Yeah. yeah. No, he. it was just too quick, like with him coming out mm. that quickly. Always, for a first birth, that yeah. was a pretty quick one. I've always wondered um, what the dealers would consent in in that kind of situation. Mm. What if you said no? Yeah. And then then what? Then what happens? I know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But that yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it was. And then the having to lie there after, 
to go through all the stitches. <laughs> but the other thing that I didn't understand at that age was the placenta. Yeah, that it had to come out. Oh as my well. gosh, yes. Yeah. Like no and that's like the size of your baby. It's like <laughs> pushing out another baby. Mm. <laughs> I remember um uh it, it had to come out quite quickly, actually. Did you have stitches before or after? The no, placenta? I think they had to get that out, but they gave me the injection, you know, the, the leg injection they give you? No. Oh, because I've had it more than once. They give you an injection and then it helps the placenta just to, to come out. Like, you have to push it out, but it's... I didn't it, get that at all. Oh. Uh, um, I had my midwife push on my tummy. Yeah, I had that as well. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, but with Jake, that was like a... Yeah, there was a leg injection, oh. but this was like twenty years ago, so they That's might have improved. That's not long ago, Catherine. It is in the, it is <laughs> in the scheme of births and ha- what they do in a oh, hospital okay, because even true. with like um, Josh and Archie, totally different. They're only two years apart, yet the, you know everything mm-hmm. changes. Like there's little things that hmm. you know. I have to look up and see what those injections. Um, yeah, are for. I have no idea what. Yeah. Um, what it was but uh, yeah it's still no painkillers through mm. <laughs> all of that yeah but so painkillers when you had stitches um only a local anesthetic yeah 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 um the I was not embarrassed at all during the labor during the birth as soon as we got to the room everything came off apart from my crop top yeah um because they needed to see my the pad my pad and then they're like, do you want it back on? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's fine. But the moment that I was embarrassed and I wanted to cover up myself was when they put my legs on stirrups mm. afterwards. When they For the stitches. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't get stitches, uh, but they have to check the area yeah. to see if I needed anything. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. Cover me. Put a blanket on me. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, it's funny. Um, how you think i know during the birth you don't care you just want it like you want everything to be safe and you know yeah. but as soon as they're out it's like cover me up yeah <laughs> please please make all these people go away i know <laughs> <laughs> it's such an invasion of privacy but in the moment yeah. you just want it you just want it out mm. and healthy and mm. yeah so um after the stitches everything's yep. fine yeah so i had um, internal tearing and oh. external tearing plus a episiotomy. So um, I had all all the stitches. Yeah. yeah. And then I spent a week in hospital as well. So I think it was purely because of how old I was. Okay. I think at the time they were just letting me – because that wouldn't happen now. Like you get two days and you're out in a public hospital. Mm. There's no, you don't get to stay any longer than that. So I don't, there wasn't anything physically wrong with me for me to need to stay that long. I think they were just, you know, getting me, yeah. And getting Mm. me used to, to, I think they were really paranoid at the time that I would get postnatal depression. It was something, that was one thing that they constantly talked to me about. Cause I think that's what they expected, Mm. especially doing it on my own. Yeah. So I think, um, between my doctor and the hospital that was something that they were always talking to me about but I never I never felt that after the birth yeah yeah I just my body just kicked into gear um didn't have any chronic fatigue Mm. after that it was just like it was all about him Mm. it was just yeah looking after him yeah 
And were you with uh, living with your mum at the time? Yeah. 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 So I spent the week in hospital and then went home. But when the day that I had him, there was 24 babies born in 24 hours. What? Yeah. And they did not have the space for everybody. So it was really crowded. Yeah. So if you were done in the delivery room, you were... You have to go. Yeah, to go. But also in the rooms, because they were like four bedrooms, they were wheeling in extra beds. And so oh. we had like five people in our room and still with one one toilet, oh. yeah, one shower. But there was just, there was, they were just too many babies. Yeah. yeah there was, and it was only for a short period of time. Mm. But um, I was there longer, but the others would come and go. What month was this? Uh, he was born in August. Okay. I yeah. was about to guess if it was September, apparently, like September is the month where spring yeah, yeah. or um, new year's eve baby yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he was august mm. yeah um and how was how was that experience like newborn um scary mm. being so young but it, i just i loved it i i just loved taking care of him and you know, it was him and I, mm. and I had the, my family support. Mm. So I, um, I lived with my parents and my siblings. We were all because I'm the oldest mm-hmm. in my siblings, mm-hmm. so they were all still at home. Mm-hmm. So we lived there for four years before I moved out. Yeah. So he was well and truly at kinder. Yeah. Yeah. Before I moved out. Yeah. But he was um, the only issue I had in hospital um, was and. Actually, thinking back, this might have been part of the reason why I didn't go home so quick. Was the feeding? So okay. yeah, with all of my babies, I've had feeding issues, mm. but all for different reasons. Yeah. So with him, I could he wouldn't latch on properly, mm. and I definitely had milk. Like there was no issue with milk supply, but he um, it was really painful his latching on. So I ended up having to use a nipple shield mm-hmm. for every feed. Mm-hmm. So I did that for like six months mm-hmm. of feeding him. And then and then after that, we switched to formula. But yeah. that was the only sort of hurdle yeah. that I had with him was, yeah, the feeding. He yeah. was healthy and everything went as normal with him. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds pretty breezy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky, like being that young and having it go so well yeah yeah Yeah. and I healed up fine lost all the weight that I'd gained and yeah it's a pregnancy yeah yeah and um I don't know about then but they you know like the midwives and stuff they quite they talk to you about the weight gains and like make you kind of feel bad yeah I felt like that in later pregnancies yeah Yeah. it's like well I'm pregnant like yeah I eat for my baby yeah <laughs> but you know like in reality you need extra what like 600 calories or something there's no eating for two apparently but i'm like no. i don't care <laughs> well it's it's hard like mm. and you know that it's not forever mm. you know and mm. you know that um i just think as long as you're happy and healthy yeah then definitely you know it's not it's not going to do any damage yeah. 30 kilos was a lot to gain but I can't remember what the average is. I think the average is like... I think it's 20. 10 to 15. 
or what they want you to gain is like 10 to 15 at the most but I've always gained up around 30 Uh, with all your pregnancies yeah I think between 20 to 30 for the last two yeah maybe it's fluids as well yeah well you just retain so much more fluid well I I do yeah Yeah. and then I had um different issues with the other two pregnancies yeah that um I couldn't the the weight gain was just kind of happened so after Jake you went on to study interior design yeah yeah, when he was at school. Mm-hmm. So I I just worked in retail prior to that, but I wanted something a little more. Yeah. So I went back to study. So we did move back home with my parents while I went to study. Yeah. And then um, I actually got a job just as I was graduating. Yeah. So um, I went to that job and then we moved out again. By that time... During that time there is when I got married and yeah. and I was already with my partner at the time. Yeah. But I got married during that time of working in the office. Yeah. Mm. And then got and pregnant then, again. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Josh. Yeah. Is your middle. He's the middle child. Yeah. Yep. Did you know that you were having a boy? Yeah. I or, found out with all three. Yeah. So how was the pregnancy with Josh? Um, I had a lot of morning sickness again, mm-hmm. so up until the five-month mark, which made it hard with going to work, and <laughs> I didn't have a lot of weight gain until around the six-month mark, Yeah. but what I did get with him, and I had to write down the actual <laughs> word for it, because that's not what I used to call it, um, symphysis pubis dysfunction. What's that? Where it's a separation of your pelvis yeah. way before it needs to one of my friend had that and mm. she was she still had to come to work yeah she was waddling like, yeah not like a normal pregnancy waddling it's waddling in pain yeah and then it's she excruciating had to crutches. yes i had crutches too. oh my god yeah and at the time i was actually um in the office that i worked at it was on level one and it there was no lift <laughs> so you had to take stairs it was like two flights of stairs mm. to get up and yeah it was and i had to walk from a far away car park yeah to get there yeah. and then go up the stairs and it was yeah oh. very painful yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that lasted for quite a while I, I got really sort of worried with that like how is that going to how does like how are you going to be after the fact Mm. because it goes for so long and it's so painful Mm. even just the smallest movements can be so painful Mm. and I did also have um chiropractic treatment Mm. through that time as well so my um my GP who I've seen for all three babies her husband is a chiropractor within the same clinic so I would go there and see him and mm. her as well okay. and have treatment for that. That's um, handy. Yeah. Mm. It didn't, like, make too much of an improvement. It would give me a little bit of relief. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do with that. It's a hormonal thing. Yeah. So it's not until the, baby the baby's out yeah. and you stop feeding yeah. that those hormones are going to rest. Stop feeding. Mm. You oh. still get a little bit after as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, this stupid flies. flies. I'm just gonna <laughs> shut that door. 
going to be really hot tomorrow. Mm. 37. I know. Um, okay. And then, yeah. And did you have to be induced with Josh? Yeah. So I went on maternity leave um, a week or two before he was born. Mm. But he... Oh, no, sorry. I wasn't induced with him. He um, he was overdue just slightly. Mm. But I had had... And this is so ridiculous. But I had had a really big dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and my water just... I, I was so <laughs> full. And I felt sick. And then all of a sudden, my water, water just broke. broke. Yeah. So there's nowhere to go for food to go. No, out. no. Yeah, and because I had um, the other, actually, the other thing that happened during that pregnancy was I had terrible reflux. Yeah. And then, because you know how they say the more reflux you have, the hairier your baby's going to be. I've actually only just heard about that a couple of months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, he came out so hairy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a little gorilla. But the reflux went away after, mm. as soon as I had him. Yeah. But yeah, I was just so big and I had, because I had limited movement from all the pelvic mm. issue, I'd gained a lot of weight by the end mm. and yeah, we had this really big um, lamb meal for <laughs> dinner and I was so full and yeah, my water just was like, just broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we rushed off to the hospital because I was quite worried that um, having had a quick birth yeah with jake Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't want to waste my time getting to the hospital Mm. so um yeah i just wanted to rush there but we went to mercy for his birth Mm. yeah so we just quickly rushed off there Mm. and that was yeah so around it was after dinner so about 7 30 or something like that Mm. we went in and he was out by i think it was 10 o'clock what yeah it was 10 o'clock at night that's really quick really quick yeah but i i kind of knew like because everyone says if you've had a quick first one don't waste your time like get there quickly just Mm -hmm. in case and Mm -hmm. i have heard of other people where it could it might take a lot longer for the second but i just didn't want to take that chance of course yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so he was really quick yeah that's really 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 quick yeah (laughs) and he was also a big baby yeah yeah and the birth was good yeah um i was trying to think it was more like with that one it's the pregnancy that was the tough one Mm. so the birth wasn't too stressful um it was just quick so with a quick birth there's other issues that you have, like you can go into shock with the, sh- you know, the shaking yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, he had, he was born with a tongue tie, which was another, so that was, he, his feeding issue was related to his tongue tie. Yeah. So when he came out and we tried to latch on, that was all really hard as well. Yeah. How did you know he had tongue tie? What's, what are the symptoms? Uh, well, they start to look – I can't remember if they saw it initially when he was born because when they cry, you can see it. Okay. So it's under yeah. – it's just a bit of skin under their tongue yeah. that stops their tongue from coming out of their mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I can't remember how quickly um, we saw that, but I remember my husband got really upset with the, um, with the staff because he was like, oh, he's fine, there's – 
you know, there's nothing wrong with him. Oh, it's, you know, it's fine. My baby's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, we need to listen to them because, yeah. you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but even with, um, he doesn't cope well with those sorts of situations where mm-hmm. someone's trying to tell him something. Like when we got to the hospital and, you know, like they want to get all your details mm-hmm. before, like in a public hospital, when you arrive, you have to go through things before you can even go in. Yeah. And he just wouldn't he'd get really frustrated with all that as well and be like, she's having a baby. Like we just, we need to go in. So he was just like high stress. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't like being told that there was something possibly wrong with our newborn baby. So he didn't cope very well with that, but it was more something that affected me at the, at that point in time because it affected the feeding. Yeah. So it's because he couldn't get his tongue out. Mm -hmm. He couldn't latch on properly. But they also, with a tongue tie, they don't cut it right away. Okay. So, and you don't have to cut it either, but it's, it's recommended mm-hmm. that you do because it can, later on, it can cause other issues, yeah. especially with speech. and Yeah. Yeah. So um, I knew that I wanted to cut it, but we had to wait till the three-week point to do it. Is there a reason? I don't know the exact reasons why they mm-hmm. wait that long. Mm-hmm. And there's only some doctors that do it as well. So we had mm-hmm. to go to a specific doctor they just nick the the skin and it's it's not um it's nothing too major like they don't put there's no anesthetic or anything they just yeah yeah but it meant that the feeding (laughs) the flies i don't even know if (laughs) anyone can hear the flies there's a party going on in the corner of the house okay yeah the feeding it meant that so during hospital um i I couldn't keep feeding him like it was just doing too much damage to my nipples. Oh. So I started expressing. Yeah. So I basically, and because we waited until the three week mark to cut the tongue tie, which mm. was what we were recommended to mm. do. It was really hard to get him to try and latch on again after that. Cause he'd been so used to the bottle, the, not just a bottle, but like, you know, in, when you're expressing in hospital, it's like a cup. When it's just colostrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he'd had, like, no breastfeeding at all. So then to go to try to re, you know, breastfeed yeah. was really difficult. Yeah. So I did have sessions at the hospital to try and redo it. And in the end, I was just like, I'm just going to express. Mm. <laughs> it was just quicker and easier. And, and your husband could feed him. Yeah, anyone, anyone could, could feed him. him. And with expressing, I can just get. You know, I can get ahead of my feeds as well. Mm. And, yeah, it just worked better for us. Mm. Mm. So I just, I did that for six months. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was on formula. On formula yeah. after that, yeah. I'd had enough of expressing yeah. by then. <laughs> it's such a, um, it's so time consuming. Yeah. And you kind of just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait. I had a, um, it sounds crazy now, but I had a hand pump. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> One of my friends has a hand pump and I'm just like, how, how do you, I don't know how I did it it for so long, Yeah, but it was the easiest way to do it out and about as well. So like if I was in the car and I had to express, Mm. I could just quickly whip it out and I could do it quickly. I'd got, cause I was doing it for every feed. Mm. I got pretty quick at it and my Mm. milk supply was pretty good because I was always getting out the same 
amount because when you're breastfeeding you can't see how much they're drinking you have no idea Mm. so with expressing you know exactly Mm. how much they're getting and yeah yeah. i knew akira was uh drinking a lot because she was super chunky (laughs) 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 she was like actually one of my friends told me yeah she was a fat baby yeah excuse me (laughs) but she was she was so chunky and she lost um the weight um Uh, as soon as she was crawling Ah. so she was losing weight and then i was worried because she was always been in the 80th 90th percentile in weight yeah and now she's dropped to 50th and the maternal child health nurse was like yeah well her weight now matches her height Uh, (laughs) ah yeah she's not a a ball anymore yeah (laughs) they're so cute when they're Mm. chunky when they're little yeah (laughs) all the rolls yeah i called her my uh, my little spring rolls (laughs) (laughs) um so josh's birth was super quick yeah and everything was fine yeah, there wasn't anything that was too dramatic about that one. More just, you know, the trauma of birth. I yeah. had no painkillers for that one because yeah. it was so quick. Yeah. But also I felt with the two births, like with Josh and Archie, the hospital, I kind of felt like they didn't take me seriously when I like presented at hospital for birth because like with him, with Josh, my water had broken at home we got to hospital pretty quickly mm. so they i think they just expected oh this is going to take a really long time and i and i but weren't you in pain oh yeah and they saw that yeah but i just felt both times and this like my husband would get really frustrated with the staff because he was saying she's you know she's in a lot of pain we need to go in mm. like because they keep they kept me out in the waiting room for oh, ages yeah and I'm like saying to them, I've had a really quick birth for my first one. Unless you, know. you want to clean this rug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like they didn't um, take that too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, they just expect that it's going to maybe take longer. And even with the contractions, I can't remember how far apart the, tra- the contractions were when we got to hospital, but they were pretty close together because even in the car, they were close yeah. together getting there. Did you call ahead? To tell them you were coming? I can't remember if we did that or not. Mm. I don't know if it would help. Well, we called. Yeah. Um, uh, we called twice, actually. Once when I was like, I think I'm in labor, like actually in active yeah. labor. And again, when um, I had a bleed. Sorry. <laughs> now it's Bonesy <laughs> versus the fly. Did you get it, buddy? Good boy. Okay, one down. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I caught um, the second time saying I've bled, and so then they're aware that I was coming. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember if we did call or not. Mm. I think I might have been too panicked about just getting there. Yeah, let's go. Because yeah. I was worried. You were going to have a baby. I didn't want to have it on the side of the road, or I'd, like I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm. So I can't remember if we did call or not. Mm. But I felt like they were just always taking their time with everything and then there was no time for painkillers with that one because it happened too quick Mm -hmm. because when you get to that stage where all of a sudden you have to push it's like oh it's too late now yeah you've got to just do it and that feeling of needing to push is intense oh there's nothing i know yeah you can't stop it i know they tell you well both times they've told me to stop Mm. I was like, no. <laughs> I screamed. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. It's when your whole body is 
trying to push something out. Yeah. It's really it's really hard to try and stop that. Mm. Mm. Um and then you started Jack and Co with your mum. Yes. Yeah. Uh sorry, was it called Jack and Co? Yeah, it was always called Jack and Co Design. So it's Jack and Co is Jenny and Catherine uh-huh. and Co. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that's how the name came about because people always say, oh, who's Jack? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they think it's Jake. Yeah. 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 I thought it um like Jake and the rest of the kids. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Jenny and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started that um while I was on maternity leave mm-hmm. and then I didn't go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just worked from home for a long time while we were doing the markets and things and then I did interiors projects on the side do you remember doing your first market yes where was it it was at Mornington the craft markets Australia Mornington yeah. one and it was horrendous oh. it was July so it was the peak of winter yeah and it just poured with rain oh. we um in our range of stuff that we first had there was a lot of glass because of framed pictures mm-hmm. and we because it was our first market we had no idea. Um, we put a lot of thought into how we were going to do our setup and everything, but being the first one, you don't know what to prepare for. And the wind and the rain was just so bad yeah. that like frames were flying, and oh, it was shit. so many people cancelled and didn't go. But we had, being newbies, we had no idea, mm-hmm. so we still went. And yeah, that I'll never forget that one. It was yeah. awful. It was mud and oh. just awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it went up from there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We used to do a lot of custom orders. Mm-hmm. So we'd have people come to the markets and if they didn't buy from what we had there, they would order specific colours yep. or have a name put on it and mm. things like that. So going consistently to the markets was good for us so that yeah. we had that constant um, touch with customers yeah. and being able to give them somewhere to pick it up because we used to do a lot down the Mornington Peninsula but being based here, mm. we're quite sort of far away. So if we yeah. went consistently, then it made it easy for custom orders without having to post because you can't – it's really hard to post with glass. Yeah, mm. I've had um, frames, uh, picture frames and or prints or whatever in frames sent to me before yeah. and I just don't bother anymore. Yeah. Um, I think it needs to be a special career or something. Yeah. Career. Oh, Even then, it can be – um, a lot, you know, a lot can go wrong with a frame and glass. Yeah, the only way to ensure that it will get to someone um, safely is for you to actually hand deliver yeah, it. Yeah, I did that as well. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, if it was a big one, because yeah. I used to do some really big ones mm-hmm. that was a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. And because um, what we used to do was um, felt fabric and paper that was made into animals for children's rooms so like owls elephants Mm -hmm. and giraffes and all sorts of things so a lot of detail in it and then so if it was a big one i would deliver it yeah 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 um and then you start sorry was jack and co actually from the beginning started at two in 2013 Mm -hmm. yep and how long were you doing um markets sorry how long did you then move on to where you are currently so we slowly um as the kids got older Mm -hmm. I got a little bit over making baby stuff Mm -hmm. and I wanted to I felt because I'd always wanted to do the cushions yeah I just wanted to move on 
a bit quicker. So mm. we started transitioning mm. into screen printing fabric mm-hmm. and making cushions. Mm-hmm. So we would do that and sell those alongside all the kit stuff. And then I slowly progressed because as you go to markets and you talk to other stallholders and you learn so many tips and tricks yeah. and you learn about what suppliers to, to use and yeah. all the good things that you don't know when you're first starting out. Yeah. I started then digitally printing Mm-hmm. It's just so I could have consistency mm-hmm. and it's not as messy. So the digital printing sort of changed the game for us in how we were able to do our cushions. Yeah. You outsourced the printing. So that's done in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. So we design it, send off the files. Yeah. They print it, we pick it up, and then we make the product. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had we went through a transition phase of probably a good 12 months of trying to clear out all the kids stuff mm. I still have some and I've got it in the shop and oh, really? yeah I just um because there's still a bit left over but I just don't want to do the whole market Anymore. scene with it yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. if you keep doing it then you gotta keep making more stuff. well that's the thing yeah. yeah and it's not really where we want like we loved doing it for that mm. period of time mm. but I really want to be doing other things and I think also just being creative you always want to have a new creative outlet as well because you don't want to get stuck doing the same thing over and over again there's no joy in that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I understand but then the pots came about as well yeah Yeah. Yeah. so the pots that was a bit of an accident Mm -hmm. so that happened when I moved to Brunswick so we um, always worked from home but I met Bettina through Bettina from Leaf and Bear, yeah. um, through a shop in Richmond called, at the time it was called Made at Lab, but it's now called House of Handmade. Uh, I feel like I've heard the, that name, House yeah. of Handmade. So it's on Bridge Road in Richmond and it's a store where it's a bit of a collaboration of, it's two, two ladies that run their own businesses, they've come together and then they represent lots of other makers. So the makers pay, either pay rent or a commission to Mm -hmm. be in the store so we met through that store yeah and there was space available where she had her studio Mm -hmm. at the thinkers and makers society so i saw the ad for that Mm -hmm. and i went to have a look at it and i said to Mum, i think this would be a good step for us to move out of our homes Mm -hmm. and get you know more serious about what we're doing yeah so yeah we stepped out and into there was it scary very yeah. very scary because all of a sudden we had overheads and yeah there was it was a very scary time but at the same time so much fun mm. and just the unknown of what was going to be next and mm-hmm. it opened up a lot of other opportunities for us to yeah. be there yeah. as well were you at their first market their they, market yeah. no okay they weren't doing markets when we came in okay yeah i was at they ran one market. Yeah. Sorry, maybe two or three. I can't remember. But I was at their very first market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm like, did we meet somehow ages ago? <laughs> you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But that, that's how I got to know Bettina mm-hmm. and sort of introduced to the whole plant scene of what she was doing. Yeah. And she said to me, because I would be painting in my studio, yeah. and she said, well, why don't you paint some pots and we'll put them in the shop and see how it goes because she had a shop at the front of the studios so I thought okay 
So I painted some pots that referred back to my painting series. So it was like the design of my paintings onto the pods, yeah. but still leaving the concrete so that it was yeah. not completely covered. Yeah. And it just it just went well. So I just continued to do that. Mm. So that's a big part of what we do as Jack and Crew. Yeah. Probably a bigger part than the actual cushions. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to add that um, on Yumi and Bones, we do have uh, concrete candles and Catherine paints our concrete vessels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get people ask about it um, and they're like, are these handmade? Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah, but I, I didn't paint the pots. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I tell people about your uh, yeah. Jack and Co design as well. Yeah. Is that they painted the pots for us yeah and it really confused people when they're like what do you what do you mean you didn't paint the pot i'm like someone else it's someone else hand painted it i didn't do it yeah and i don't know how else i can explain (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what they had in their head yeah um but yeah it's it's funny more than one person was confused it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) um and then you and Bettina decide to move out from the studio and open yeah. So we well first we did a pop up. We um, decided to. We found that our businesses went well together mm-hmm. with our products, mm-hmm. like particularly the pots because yeah. she does the plants. I've got the yeah. pots, and then all of my other products kind of complement the pots anyway yeah so we um we had done pop-ups with other people where we weren't the organizer we were just contributing to the pop-ups but we thought we'll do our own so for mother's day we pre-planned a pop-up in richmond yeah and we ran that but during that time we we sort of decided let's do it for real Mm. (laughs) which is a little bit crazy and we definitely went in blindly yeah yeah and we, but we found the right spot that we were both really happy with, and mm-hmm. it just kind of happened. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have to, we didn't have to spend a long time looking around everywhere. We yeah. found something that fit right, yeah. and we just went for it. Mm. Yeah. So then the little shop was born. Mm. You made it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of, I I feel like it, it's really weird, but between her and I. All the jobs that we've had prior to this mm-hmm. have prepared us for this moment. Right. So we both have the right experiences yeah. to be able to make this work. Yeah. So if we can stick it out, mm. I think we've got something really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard. New yeah. business is hard. Yeah. And we're both running our own businesses as well. Mm. So it's, yeah, yeah long days. Can... You know, both of you are in the shop most of the time because we alternate work. now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Do you do you still work at home then, or do you just come into the shop and work in the um, workshop area in yeah. the back? I only work at the shop now. Mm. I don't work at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I do st- still store some things at home, mm-hmm. but I've tried to really separate um, since having a place of work. Yeah. I've tried to keep all my work there so that when I'm at home with the kids, yeah, it's more time. their space. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. before I was really taking over the house mm. <laughs> and they had no space and we have a very small house. Yeah. So now that I've got a studio space above the shop yeah. and we've also got the workshop area at the back, yeah. 
I've got plenty of room to make a mess yeah. and be able to clean up before workshops. Yeah. yeah. It's a good space you've got. I love that workshop yeah. area in the back. Yeah. Beautiful. It's worked out really well. Mm. And our cactus garden's coming together. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bettina always talk about the cactus. She's yeah. like, I just have to leave this here so they're colours and then I have to clean it up. I'm like, I don't care. It looks good. <laughs> don't have to explain to me. I yeah. understand mess. Like, it's yeah. there for a reason. I think it's part of being creative as well. Like, there's always mess with, mm. with creativity. Mm. Dan can't stand it. Oh, really? He hates it. Yeah. Um, I won't show you the garage. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we moved here, um, my old house it was much smaller. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. There's yeah. just going to be stuff everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he hated it so much. And, you know, he put his foot down. He's like, our house needs to be a home. Um, I don't want work to yeah. be everywhere. You've got your space. I've got my space. That's where our work's going to be. Yeah. And it's so much better. Yeah. It's so good. Because um, it's nice to be able to walk away from it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, yeah. it's always in your mind, I feel. Always. Yeah. And it's so easy because I can just walk to the front of the house yeah. and work. Um, but now, since have more, because of Akira, the living room is like her toy room yeah <laughs> and her bedroom is also another toy room yeah it's, you can't get away from mess no especially when you have kids i think oh my house is insane at the moment mm. between the two boys and the toys mm. yeah um let's not forget about archie yes yeah. little archie yeah <laughs> um so he i got pregnant with him and while i was running the business mm. and he was born two years after joshy so mm. they're very close in age um do you find that hard being pregnant with a toddler that was hard um for other reasons i had other issues when yeah. i was pregnant with archie yeah. i think each time you have another baby you're a bit older mm. especially if you've waited a couple of years between pregnancies mm. um it's it is hard having a toddler that's very active mm. and then being pregnant and wanting to rest and more active than archie uh, he, it's hard to remember. I mean, any toddler is pretty active up until the age of two because they're mm. always like yeah. on the move. Yeah. But he was, um, Josh, he's a bit of a sookie child. <laughs> yeah. So he was very needy and he still is. Like he's, he's got, um, he's got some learning difficulties and things mm. and he's, he requires a lot of attention. Mm. But back then, I didn't realize because when it's your own child, mm. you don't notice those things because you're so used to being with them every day and yeah. you understand what they're saying to you yeah. and it all feels normal. And mm. it's not until someone else says to you, hey, we don't understand him. Did <laughs> or, someone say that to Yeah. You? So that happened with maternal and child health. So okay. we went down the road of speech pathology yeah. and um, or speech therapy and some OT therapy and he's got yeah some mm. things that mm. we're working through so he's needed a lot of extra yeah. attention mm-hmm. um then so during the pregnancy for Archie I got really sick around so I had morning sickness mm. for the first five months again, again yeah. like horrendous mm. to the po- vomiting so much to the point of like bursting blood vessels and things yeah it was really awful I just wanted it to be over Mm. and because I'd already been through it like 
that was the third time around. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this again. Mm. This is this will be the last one. Mm. And I'd always wanted to have two together anyway because I'd had Jake and he was always on his own. Yeah, I'd said to myself, if I'm if I'm going to have more with a partner, we'll have. I'd like them to have a sibling. Yeah. So I do have – there is stepchildren as well. So Jake wasn't completely on his own. Yeah. He did have a stepbrother and a stepsister yeah. that were in the picture as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was yeah, really sick for, like, the first five months. I still continued to do markets and things all through the pregnancy. Mm. But towards the end, and it was around the six- to seven-month mark – I was in like a lot of pain. I had a lot of like stomach pain and things. I actually thought something was wrong with the baby. So I went to the doctor and I had some chiropractic treatment again. Yeah. But we couldn't explain what was wrong with me, Mm. what was causing the pain. Right. He was fine. Mm. Everything seemed to be fine, but I had a lot of pain. Okay. So it would radiate like through my back, almost like labor pains, but not quite, not as bad as a full on contraction. But was he sitting on you, like on your nerves? He was completely fine. So there was no explanation yeah. as to why I had that pain. Mm. And it wasn't until much later that, um, so because it continued for the rest of the pregnancy. <laughs> But it continued after I had him. So that's when we were like, okay, this is is strange. So I had to have further testing after that. Um, This is kind of a little slightly detour around the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But um, I had like food testing and everything to try Mm -hmm. and figure out what was causing all the pain. Mm -hmm. I stopped eating onion and garlic Mm -hmm. and found that it would make things better. But I didn't have an allergy to those foods but it just meant that I could function on a day-to-day basis because I was sometimes would be in bed for like three days of pain not being able to move so we knew something was really wrong but Mm -hmm. I had every test possible couldn't find anything Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until last year so he was how old is he now he's four so he was three at Mm -hmm. the time I twisted my bowel and I didn't know that I twisted my bowel. Yeah. Um, so I had had this pain for years. So like it started during the pregnancy yeah. and just continued on. And I tried to manage how I was going to deal with that pain. So I'd yeah. cut lots of things out of my diet, trying to thinking it was food related. Yeah. But when I was, um, I got really sick and I thought I had food poisoning because I ate a different meal to the kids. Right. So I just assumed that I had eaten something that wasn't quite right. I'd made a veggie lasagna. I thought maybe there was something wrong with the cheese, you know. I'd made it myself. So I knew everything that was in it. And I got really sick and I thought, oh, I'll be fine. Because with kids, you're constantly getting different viruses and gastro and all sorts of things. So I didn't know if it was gastro or food poisoning. Then when no one else got it, I realized, okay, probably food poisoning because no one else is sick in the house. But it didn't go away. Mm. So I, um, five days in from that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was still vomiting and diarrhea by that point as well. But I couldn't hold down water. I don't know how I managed to last that long because the pain was like excruciating. And the only pain medication you could get 
is Panadol these days. Right. Like, there's nothing. So you were pregnant at the time. No, this is after. Okay. Yeah. So this started during the pregnancy, and has happened. This happened last year. Why can you only have Panadol? Well, they stopped. You couldn't buy anything stronger than Panadol. So the only thing oh, I was having yeah, at okay. home was Panadol. Right. Um, and then by the fifth day, I had to get an ambulance and go to hospital. So and ended up having um, surgery. So I had a um, I can't remember the like the proper term for it, but I had a bowel resection where they cut two pieces out of my so my bowel had twisted. And if I hadn't have gone when I did, mm. I would have either lost my bowel or died. So oh, I'm very lucky shit. that I did go. Yeah. And I shouldn't have waited that long. I just no, didn't know. Catherine. No, but I didn't know. <laughs> you know. Um, so that all started during the pregnancy, but I didn't know. So didn't when know. they cut it up and took it out right. and put me back together again, yeah. they saw that I had all this um, on the outside of the bowel was like I can't even think of the words to describe it now they're kind of like is damaged to the outside of the bowel so I don't know if something happened during the pregnancy mm-hmm. or if I was born with it they don't know oh they can't tell you they don't know how that happened because I hadn't had any surgery like my two pregnancies before that there was no surgery they, they were natural birth oh, okay. so I've never been like cut open and they wouldn't have seen it and, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing came up on scans because you can't see those things on scans. It was only when I went to hospital that they saw it twisted and they said, okay, it's got to come out. Did you have like an MR? Uh, I had everything. Oh. I even had the nuclear testing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Oh, it's a horrible one where you have to drink lots of milk and have oh. – um, they, they put radiation. Okay. Yeah. So I'd had every test possible. But so that was kind of the the hardest thing during that pregnancy because there was a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, towards like and after I had him as well. But like unexplained pain. Right. But he um so when I went into labor with him, he was I wrote down <laughs> how long he was for because he wasn't as overdue as the other two. He was yeah. only 4 days overdue. Yeah. But um, he, I went in like about five o'clock, something yeah. like that in the morning. It was mm-hmm. very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I started to feel the labor pains at home. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if it was proper labor or not because I'd had so much pain throughout uh-huh. that end of the pregnancy. So I just kind of waited a bit. And then so we went in at five o'clock because my water hadn't broken. Mm. And then so they didn't want they kind of really took their time about everything at the hospital because my water hadn't broken yeah. and and I was a bit panicked because I was like I have quick births yeah I don't want to yeah take my chances and this was at the mercy again this was at mercy again yeah. and my husband was getting quite annoyed with yeah. the staff and I said to them he's you know this is this is happening like mm. I can feel it like this is happening so they had me in the emergency room just on a bed like they let me come through into emergency but they the wouldn't burning, take me through no you know when you go into there's like an emergency section that you come into before you go into the birthing suite like yeah, they yeah. don't take you straight yeah. through so, so you're just in a room yeah i was mm. in emergency on a bed mm. so amongst other emergency right. people and i was like 
this is happening. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 just, you know, let's do this and let's do that and you're fine. And I'm like, no, he's coming. There's no monitoring on your tummy or anything? They were monitoring a little bit, but they just, I think they thought that there was so much more time and I was like, no, I can it's happened this is about to happen and i think because my water hadn't broken right. and then all of a sudden um, i said to them i have to i, I need to push yeah. like this i can feel something and my water like exploded <laughs> <laughs> and then it was waters. yeah it was and then it was on so he was out by quarter past six and he was in out. the emergency I was pushing on the way so they were wheeling me down the hallway to the birthing suite they were running they're like we need to get in there and so I was listening to like the other birthing suites is like screaming and like all this stuff going on and I'm just like in the hallway going oh my god this is definitely the last time I'm doing this (laughs) I've always wondered if other people could hear mm. in the birthing suite room when you walk down the hall, because I was making a lot of noise. Yeah, well, the hallway was very noisy, but when you're in the room, you can't hear no. other people. Yeah, yeah. but because yeah. they, yeah, they were just, I think they thought that there was so much more time, but, but I just knew, like, my body was giving me all the signs that he was coming. Mm. And so, yeah, pretty much as soon as I got in the room, it was like two pushes and, and he was out. Mm. I had, tearing with all three mm. um but i'd never had to have the episiotomy okay. again yeah. after the first one mm. but he was way too quick that he came out blue and they put him on my chest like at first just to sh- like you know like when they're first Warm. born and they yeah. they pull him out but i said i said something's wrong like this is and they whisked him away and then i didn't get to hold him again because they took him off to um, so they worked on him over in the corner yeah. while they stitched me up and right. my body went into shock because yeah. he came out so quick. Yeah. And so that took a while to recover from that. And mm-hmm. then they, yeah, they whisked him away to the, um, it wasn't intensive care, but it was the little humidity cribs Okay, and he stayed in there for until about lunchtime. So he was born at like six in the morning mm. but then I didn't actually get to hold him properly until mm. lunchtime what happened they just said that because he came out so quick he was too he wasn't breathing properly yeah and then he just needed that extra help yeah yeah, yeah. so he they didn't have to operate on him or anything yeah he just it was just all too quick an hour is way too quick <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have another one either. No, I, I am so done. <laughs> yeah. That whole experience, that was really traumatising of him coming out blue mm. and then not being able to hold him. Yeah. And also because I'd already sort of decided he was my last baby. Mm. And then they didn't really tell me what was going on. Mm. And that scared me. Yeah. Because I didn't know what they were doing. I couldn't see. They're over in the corner of the room. No one's telling me anything. Yeah. And I thought is he is right. he alive yeah. because he was so there was no crying and he was so blue when he came out yeah. so yeah and then i heard a cry mm. but i still couldn't um he had to go mm. yeah for, did you for feel care. like relieved when you hear him i was relieved that i heard him but at the same time i knew something wasn't quite right because they took him away mm. so and i didn't and they don't really tell you they didn't tell me anything because they're so focused on yeah, baby probably. but I knew that he was okay. Mm. But also, my body was just yeah. 
in complete shock from the um the quick birth that yeah. I was shaking uncontrollably for ages. Yeah. 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 Um and then all the stitches. Oh. <laughs> and you that labor was an hour. Yes. Can you imagine what the next one's going to be? Well, I mean, oh, there's, there is no next one. Yeah. <laughs> no. People ask me all the time because I'm a single parent now. Mm. Um, you know, we joke about, oh, the next one needs to be a divorced dad with a couple of kids because I'm not having any more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then people say to me, but what if you meet someone who doesn't have any kids and really wants to have one? But you've got three. It's fine. Well, yeah. Share like, the love. <laughs> my, I'm done. Like this, this body is done. Mm. With all the things that can go wrong in a pregnancy, yeah. and I've had different issues each, each time, time. Yeah. who knows what would be next? And you know, you, you don't want to risk a fifteen-minute labour. No way. <laughs> Not. Oh, imagine on the side of the road. That that that's what I was thinking the whole drive to the hospital because mm. of how quick Josh was. Mm. I didn't want to not get to the hospital, mm. but then also to get to the hospital and for them to be a bit sort of blasé about it all. Yeah. I found that weird mm. because I could feel what was happening, mm. but they were just like, no, 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 you're fine. Don't push. Don't, you know, like sort of trying to talk me yeah. out of it. You'd think they would listen to you. Well, as soon as my water through. exploded and I started pushing, <laughs> they panicked yeah. and oh. they were wheeling me down the hallway. Mm. Yeah. We were running to the birthing suite. Yeah. yeah. Like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... Then I had another feeding issue with Mm -hmm. him. So he just didn't latch on either. Mm -hmm. So I decided pretty early on Mm -hmm. that I wasn't... I tried a nipple shield at first because he didn't have a tongue tie or anything. And he was a a healthy baby, Mm -hmm. no no issues after that whole non-breathing. But um, I just decided I'm going to express. So instead of going through the whole hand expressing that I went through last time I hired a hospital grade pump Mm. and I spent six months pumping through that and I had so much milk it was ridiculous (laughs) so I actually donated milk back to the hospital for six months yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah so they have they have a really great um system there where Mm. you go and you drop off they give you these kits Mm -hmm. um you fill them all up Mm -hmm. and then it's for the intensive care nurseries for mm. um, the babies whose mums don't have milk. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just had so much of it that I would go and drop it off there. And mm. I did that for six months. I didn't realise you could um, pump at home because when I yeah. was looking into it, I for some reason I thought you have to go in and do it. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. I had heaps of milk. Yeah. But I, I can't spend time at the hospital no with a newborn no way no yeah. i used to do it um because the the strength of those machines mm. is so much better than obviously a hand pump or even yeah. just the battery well, powered ones. So much milk there's so well. much milk yeah that i could it would happen really quickly so you'd pump for not like 10 minutes and mm. you've got like heaps of milk yeah so i had such a backup in the freezer as well for him yeah so I had plenty for the That's whole awesome. six months but if I had to do it again mm. I would definitely just hire that machine again mm. it just made life so much easier I didn't know you could hire it yeah the chemists um yeah. hire out and also I think from the hospitals as well you can hire them out yeah. but if you're in the feeding program as well I think they can give you one mm. yeah yeah we weren't told anything I only knew about the chemist thing like a few months ago yeah 
um, in the hospital when I knew about it, like way after Akira was born. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we weren't told. I only found out because I was going to the breastfeeding clinic uh, to try and get him to latch yeah. on. Like, so we we went through. Um, we did have some visits to try and yeah, yeah. get that to happen. Yeah. But it didn't work. So I, but I was quite happy to express, mm-hmm. and because I'd already done it for yeah. Josh's pregnancy yeah. or Josh's feeding, yeah. So there was no issues doing mm-hmm. that again. But he also had a extra um, immunization, okay. so I put him into um, the, there was a Murdoch Children's research yeah. thing that was going on where yeah. they have the TB vaccine, right. Because um, it's to do with allergies and they were testing whether the TB immunisation, because they stopped giving that back in the 80s. Right. And then all these allergies have come up over okay. over time. Mm-hmm. So they, they're researching whether giving that vaccine makes any difference right. to that. Mm-hmm. So he was part of that study as well. So we had some extra visits yeah. through the hospital and... That. Is that ongoing? Yeah, he still does that now, actually. Yeah. Um, originally, when I first signed on, it was only for 12 months. Mm. So you do, um, there's like questionnaires and then a visit to the Royal Children's Hospital and mm. just, um, you know, lots of questions and things. Yeah. But then they asked me to continue. So I, and I found the whole thing quite easy. So mm. I said, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, so he's still doing it now up until the age of five. Okay. Yeah. But it gets um, <laughs> much easier. So they don't have to, we don't actually have to go to the hospital for anything. And his scar has healed. He's got a little hole in his oh, arm because like the TB vaccine like leaves a big, yeah. 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 Leaves a big hole. Mm. Akira, yeah. She didn't have to go through that. No, it's not one that they offer. Anyone. It's not part of the immunization yeah. now. And that's why they were testing it. Right. But it's one of those things when you're sitting in the waiting room to mm. go into your your appointments and mm. those women that come around asking you. Ah, so I just thought, anything. yeah, well, they, they do it at Mercy. And um, when Josh was, he was a bit sensitive to a few things when he was born and had a slight allergy to eggs and things mm. like that. Mm. So um, I just thought, yeah, why not? Mm. It's, it's for research to help other, and there's so many allergies, like with, with um, daycare and kinder and school, there are so many anaphylactic kids so you know if we can help anyway in that research that's nice i was quite happy to do it yeah Yeah. um with all the three pregnancies i know you said that um each pregnancy you have different problems yeah but during the birth were they all the same pretty much um they were the same in the sense that they were all quick Quick. and no painkillers so that was the three things Mm. but i think with the first one, I did that with my mum mm. and all the students yeah. that are in the room. Um, but the other two, having my ex-husband there mm. at the time of those was was a, a different experience mm. because having that extra person. And it was nice to have that support. Yeah. Um, but it did get a little bit stressful as he would get upset yeah. with, you know, yeah. how things were. Especially because... We had those issues of um, them not necessarily Listen. thinking it was going to happen yeah. right away. Yeah. Mm. And he would get a little bit upset. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And plus I'm in a state of pain and, you know, yeah. I, I 
wasn't really wanting to fight with anyone or you know I just wanted to have a healthy baby and for things to go well and to hopefully not to have another episiotomy (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely been the most scarring thing out of all three um births like Mm -hmm. aside from Archie coming out not breathing Mm. but um yeah the pain of that definitely out yeah yeah how how's it going now with being um you know mum and working your with your own business yeah um it's challenging yeah trying to find that balance of making sure that they get enough time Mm. but I think um they're pretty used to it because I've done that since they were, they were born. Yeah. So they're kind of used to that. They come to work with me. They don't necessarily enjoy it, <laughs> but um, I've being having your own business and being flexible mm. definitely outweighs going to a, a nine to five job. When I worked in an office, I was leaving home at seven thirty in the morning, yeah. and I wasn't getting home till seven thirty at night. Yeah. And as a single parent, I just can't do that. Yeah. Like it's just. There's no way that I could get to drop off some pickups if I was working those kinds of hours. Yeah. So um, we're trying the best that we can. But, yeah. yeah, everything is a work in progress. Yep. And my parents help out a lot with, mm. with the boys. So they live nearby to me. And my mm. sc- the school that, they, that Josh goes to is not far from their house as well. Yeah. So they're very helpful with pickups and drop-offs and Archie's kinder and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mum also works with me. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a bit of a, a balance there for her as well and probably yep. a lot more stressful than she <laughs> would like. But I'm the only – my siblings don't have kids yet. Yeah. So my kids are the only grandkids. Yeah. And because we've sort of been through it all with Jake as well, like Jake's now uh, an adult and – working full-time and pretty self-sufficient mm. so, yeah he's pretty caught up in his own own little world yeah. but he's great with the boys and they just idolize him yeah yeah that yeah. was challenging I think having the bigger age gap yeah yeah from him he was 12 when I had Josh, Josh so he was leaving grade six and going into year seven uh-huh. which was a pretty Big important dip, yeah. part of his life so that was really hard because at the time I found it hard with a newborn being able to get out and get him to school and oh. pick him up and things like that. So mm. um, luckily I lived near his school, mm. so I only had to worry about getting him there. He could kind of get, get his own. Yeah. 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 Um, so you leave our customer with a discount code today for yes. your website? Yep. Birthing Babes. One zero, yeah, ten percent off. Um, Jack and Co. Designs. I'll pop the website and Instagram to Jack and Co. and Catherine and the Bear onto um, the show notes, so people can easily access. And thank you so much for coming today and talk about your boys. Thanks for having me and your work. Um, and thanks, listeners, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave some awesome reviews on iTunes. And have a great one. Bye.